Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast, lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. This is the day the Lord has made and be glad in it. Let's put our hands together for this glorious and wonderful day. Hallelujah. 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 Let's clap for Jesus. What an awesome day. What a wonderful day of blessing. What a wonderful day of lifting. What a wonderful day of fellowship. What a wonderful people of God before God's people today. Let's put our hands together for ourselves. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And all the time, the Lord is very, 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 very good. Praise the Lord. What a great day to be standing before God's people. I can hear it's about to happen. I can hear it's about to happen. For some people, I can hear it's already happening. (laughs) Whatever it is, the Lord knows. And I believe the promise of God upon somebody's life, it's about to happen. There is no hindrance anymore. There is no delay anymore. There is nothing to frustrate it anymore. For the Lord has gone ahead of you. And prepare your miracles for you. Hallelujah. You don't know how good it feels. To fight a battle. And become victorious. Till you become victorious in any battle you have fought. You can appreciate how good it is. In fact you will say. More battles please come. Because the feeling of victory is always glorious. Dancing, jubilation, eating, drinking, laughing, and all that you have to do. Because the enemy has failed in your lives, you are about to dance. You are about to celebrate. You are about to testify. You have won the victory. In the name of Jesus, people are about to celebrate with you. Because you have won the victory. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I rejoice with you here this morning. Because I can see celebration happening around you. In the name of Jesus. Before this month comes to an end, a lot of people will start celebrating. So many of us will start celebrating. In the name of Jesus. And there is nothing the enemy can do about it. I encourage you when you get home, read the promise. And try to read it from the New Living Translation. Meditate it for yourself. Receive it for yourself. And believe it for yourself. And you will see what will happen to you. It's already done in the realm of the spirit. It's for you to appropriate it to yourself. Because that is how it works in the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know whether you have your Bibles with you this morning. We are going to open to one, two, three, four scriptures that are saying the same thing. But for the sake of emphasis, we just need to open to the four scriptures, one after the other. Let's start with Habakkuk chapter number two, verse number four. Habakkuk chapter number two, verse number four. 
Habakkuk 2 4. Are we there? Can I read? Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. But the just shall live by his faith. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 17. Romans 1, 1-7. Romans 1, 17 reads, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. As it is written, the just shall live by what? By faith. Galatians 3.11 Galatians chapter number 3, verse number 11 But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by, by faith. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter number 10 Verse number 38. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by, by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now the just shall do what? Shall live by faith. Four scriptures, one in the Old Testament and three in the New Testament, saying exactly the same thing, that many as are justified by God shall only live by faith. I don't really have the time today to teach about what faith is. But I want to believe to some extent you understand what faith is. And faith in a simple language is just trusting and believing God totally, unreservedly, without any iota of doubt from the time a promise was given to the time of fulfillment without turning back. The faith is a process of time from the day you start believing to the day it is fulfilled. And that is the journey of faith. Faith is not faith till faith brings the result of faith. 
If you are practicing faith and the result has not come and you say, I am practicing faith and now I have practiced faith for so long and I'm tired of practicing faith, then you have not been practicing faith. Faith brings result that shows that faith has been practiced. The end result of the work of faith is the manifestation of the thing that you are believing God for. Because you need to hold on till that thing happens. You have to hold on believing, trusting till that thing happens. The Bible says that is the only way the just shall live. That is the only way the just shall do what? Shall live. Who is the just here? You don't believe, you don't know. Who is the just here? I mean, if you are really the just, I wanted to see your hands up. If you really know you are the just, and why are you the just? Yeah, because you've been justified by Jesus Christ, having died for you and cleansed you from all unrighteousness, and has imputed his righteousness upon you, and so you are justified, and you are called the saints, and you are called the just. And those in the kingdom are the just, and the only way they live is by faith. And friends, faith is not an easy way of living. But yet it remains the only recommended way that a child of God must live. I believe the Lord is giving the church a special understanding today. You may call it an admonition. You might call it an encouragement. You might say it's to straighten somebody. But the Lord is bringing a life-transforming word for us to adjust us and align us to his will for our lives. This is a kind of admonition that will make us align to our divine destiny in him, which is the destiny of our blessing. Our destiny of blessing that will manifest before the world to see that we are blessed, not just by our confession, but by our manifestation. And that manifestation is bound to give God the glory. And so the way for us to live, to see the manifestation of our blessing in Christ Jesus, that will ultimately glorify God, is by faith. I believe I'm talking to Christians here this morning. I believe I'm talking to born again children of the living God this morning. This is just for you. And this is not a time for you to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and um, every cunning craftiness of men. This is the time for you to be focused on the reality of who you are in God and run your race for yourself. In this kingdom, as children of the living God, we should not look for the blessing of God anywhere. The blessing is in you. The blessing is in us. And we should live it. So wherever we find ourselves, we go with the blessing. Wherever location we find ourselves, we carry the blessing that have been imputed into us by the blood of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of our sins. So the very day you got born again, 
is the day you automatically become a carrier of God's blessing. You become a carrier of the totality of the blessing of God. The blessing that makes rich and does not add any sorrow to it. When you got born again, you became a brand new person with a brand new destiny. Because all the causes of the law and everything that should have been hindering you from your blessing has been nailed to the cross. And so you manifest somebody different from who you used to be. And so you must have that mentality that I'm no more who I used to be. I'm now redeemed of the law and I'm a carrier of the blessings of God. I'm no more cursed but blessed. I am no more cursed but what? But blessed. The Bible said that we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. And the life that we now live in Christ, or the life we now live is Christ that lives in us. I am crucified with Christ and nevertheless I live. And the life that I now live is Christ that has started living in me. So I don't have my life anymore. I have the life of Christ and the life of Christ is the life of blessing. I believe there's a big struggle between the reality of who we are and who we manifest. And so there is confusion in Christendom. And of course, the devil takes advantage of that and tells you what you are not. And begin to lie to you about what you have been redeemed from and who you are meant to be. The blessing... You would have ever looked for anywhere in this world is now inside of you waiting for manifestation. So you no longer need to look for it in any place through any person. You are now the carrier of God's own blessing by yourself, in yourself, and for yourself to the glory of God. So in you is now everything that pertains to life, the Bible says, and to godliness. You will now begin to enjoy what Christ gave his life to you for. Life and life in abundance. That's what John 10.10 10 said. The enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I come that ye might have life. And have life even more abundantly. That is your new reality. Jesus came that you might have life. And have life even more abundantly. There is nothing to add to this. It's a settled case in heaven. But unfortunately... What we see these days in Christian community, which you must say minus me, what you see these days in Christian community 
are those that are actually the carriers of God's blessing seeking for miracles. Seeking for blessings anywhere they want to find it. And they're carrying blessings around themselves to where blessings are never exclusively found. You carry a blessing in the midst of blessed people and some also carry their blessing in the midst of cursed people looking for blessing. Meanwhile, you are destined by your redemptive covenant in God to be blessed. Two things actually cause this abnormality. As I would like to summarize it in the course of this teaching. And one of them is ignorance. Psalm 82 verse 5 to 7 admonished us by saying that they know not, neither do they understand. So they begin to walk in darkness. And all the foundation of the earth is out of course. I have said that ye are gods. All of you are the children of the most high. But they, not you now. Not you because I don't want to say you. As the Bible puts it. Because you are not a part of them in Jesus name. But they shall die like men. Even though that I have said that you are God and I have made you gods upon your situation and upon this world. The Bible said because they don't know and they don't understand, they shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. And so there is a big abnormality here. Those that should live are now found dying like those that are meant to die. It simply means that in your new covenant reality, you are not supposed to live like men, nor die like men. For the just shall live by... The unjust doesn't live by faith. And the unjust is the one that have not been able to cross from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. But once you cross over, there is a way you are living to inherit all the promises of God, and that is by... By faith. And so when you didn't understand this, you want to begin to live like men. And if you begin to live like men, you will die like men because you live like them. You have a superior life inside of you when you got born again. Only that you don't know. And so the devil is fighting this knowledge because that is what's can only set you free from every bondage of the devil when you are free to reign, when you are free to rule, when you are free to dominate your world. The devil doesn't want you to know what you ought to know. And what I'm telling you this morning is that you have a destiny to be blessed. You have a destiny to stand out in your time. You have a destiny to excel in your generation. You have a destiny to be wealthy, to be having good life, to live in health, 
to have everything you desire from God. Because when Christ died on the cross, he said it is finished. Nothing is needed to be added unto you for you to have a better life. Jesus has paid the price. And so the more you understand that, the more you put the devil where he belongs, and the more you frustrate him with his lies. So you must understand this for yourself, that you are a carrier of God's blessing, and you are not seeking it from anywhere, and not from any person, living or dead. You are blessed. If Christ said you are blessed, you are blessed. If Christ said you are redeemed, you are redeemed. If Christ said you are sanctified, you are sanctified. If Christ said you are righteous, you are righteous. If Christ said he has given you life and given you life abundantly, he has given you that. And there is nothing anybody can add or subtract from it. Who will you believe? What Jesus said or what the devil said or what men are saying about you or the situation that you are going through? I rather want to believe the word of the Lord and let it get established in my life. Praise the Lord. The other one is that at times you may know to some level of extent, to some level of knowledge. But you don't want to live by faith. You don't want to live by God's recommended way of the saints living. You feel it's too slow. You feel it doesn't have a time that is a cut off time. You feel it's so much controlled by God and you don't have a part to play in it. Because faith, when you are living it, is determined by God. Because he's the one that makes all things beautiful in his time. You don't determine the timing. You just get to know that God has promised you something and you begin to walk with him. Till he brings what he says to come to pass. And you feel it is so much determined by God and I don't even have anything to do about it. And so you are not very comfortable walking by faith. And so once you move out from faith, you begin to walk by sight. And you begin to walk by the ways of the world. And so you begin to seek what you have. What an irony. You begin to seek what you have been given. Because you want it very fast. You want your own blessing fast. You want it by way of miracles. And now you don't want to work out your own salvation as the way the kingdom has stipulated, which is through faith and patience. So, you want yours by seeking pockets of miracle. When you are sick, you start seeking for miracle of healing. You start looking for where an atmosphere of feeling was created so you can run into it and get healed. The just shall only live by faith. When you have delayed pregnancy, you start seeking the miracle of fruit of the womb wherever an atmosphere is created. For that, when you don't have job, you start seeking for miracle of employment. Whenever 
the condition is created. When you have delayed marriage, you start seeking for the miracle of marriage. And so you scatter yourself from one organized or unorganized place to another one, depending on what you seek. And you are simply seeking the miracle as tailored to your own particular need at that particular point in time. And that comes, then another issue comes, then you now begin to seek where you can get that from because you don't know how God said you can get it through him. I don't have anything particularly, particularly wrong with or see anything particularly wrong with somebody going to a place and uh, trusting God for something. But I have it as a challenge when you don't understand who you are and how God wants you to get a thing. So if you don't understand, then you go from one place to the other and nothing seems to happen. And see things happening to other people. And you now begin to wonder, has God hurt me? Then you now begin to change your ways of seeking for the miracle because you need to find what you are looking for. Till eventually you get to the place where you are not supposed to get to. And you meet your Waterloo because you are seeking for what you already have, that you need to wait out till it's manifested. One thing I know for sure is that the words of God are yea and amen, and the manifestation is actually and absolutely left for him. Then, because of the idea of buying and selling, People begin to organize uh, revival services, tailored after your various needs. And so you begin to look for those needs after the tailored and organized services by men taking you away from the work of faith to the work of miracle seeking. And at a time you might start getting confused. Which of the revival services am I going to attend? And who is the one that is organizing the revival service? You must start getting confused about where is the right place for you to have what you need. Because there are a lot of conflicting teams, a lot of conflicting advertisements about what they want you to come and seek for. And the church have actually graduated into becoming a miracle second ground than a faith building gathering. And when the church programs are not working out for you, you try a form of godliness or godlikeliness. You now begin to locate some some prophets that live in the hole and the creeks and the waterfront with all manners of cassocks and dresses and all colors of regalia. And even some are so polished to be on suits with bishop colors. A form of godliness because what we are seeking is what we are seeking. And so you lose your senses of everything God has spoken concerning you. You lose your senses of the real word of God concerning your end that should be peace. You lose your senses concerning 
the program and the purpose of God upon your life that must come to pass. Meanwhile, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 told us how to inherit all our promises in God where he said that you be not slothful. This moving around are for slothful people that don't know how to work out their own miracles. Be you not slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience inherit their promises. Through faith and patience inherit their promises. That's the standard way recommended by God that has redeemed you on how you have to inherit your promises. And he said you should not be slothful. You should be followers of them through faith, through faith, through faith, and through patience inherit their promises. What promises? Every promise concerning your blessing through your covenant with God. And I'm wondering why the Lord used slothful here. Because it takes a diligent and a strong, determined person to be able to walk by faith and by patience. It takes diligence. It takes very strong determination. It takes a high level of ruggedness. For you to say, if God says it, I believe it and that settles it. And I need to wait on God till he brings his word to come to pass in my life. I will patiently wait for him. I don't care what somebody else is saying. I will wait. And so, if you can't wait, then you now begin to find it as cheap as you want to find it and easy as you want to find it. Then the Bible says you are slothful. You are simply slothful. You are looking for the easy way out. You don't want to work it out the hard way. The hard way is the word give God the ultimate glory. Faith work is not a work for the weak. It's not a work for the weak minded. It's not a work for the feeble hearts. It is for the persuaded and the determined that is ready to go God's way. It does not really come cheap. The life of faith doesn't come cheap. It comes with scars and with marks. As evident that you have been going through the journey of faith in your life. Till the miracle comes. Faith is a method of fight. Recommended in the kingdom. And it's called a fight of faith. And I tell you, don't do fights without some bruises. There are bruises of evidence of the fact that you're going through the battle of faith. Don't be bothered about those. Just keep fighting. For the victory has been determined even before the fight started. Even before you started fighting. But you need to fight it through. It's a fight. It's a fight of the mind. It's a fight of the situation. It's the fight of the heart. It's the fight against powers of darkness. It's the fight against situations. It's the fight against the ideas of men. It's the fight against negative cancer, worldly cancer, even coming from your family members and your friends and say you don't get it this way. It's a fight 
against the principles of men. It's a fight against the wisdom of men. It's a fight against the reality of nature. Faith is not natural. Faith is spiritual. And no one understands faith. No one can really understand faith. Till you really begin to practice faith yourself. And then every day faith gives you a new meaning. And a new understanding. But when you are fitting out life, if I might have to use it, don't stop fitting till you get the answer. Otherwise, that faith is not bringing no result. The Bible said, for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. The result of faith is the manifestation of what you have been waiting for God. Faith is not for the fickle and unstable minds. It is for the diehards and the rugged believers who has locked their beliefs that if God says it, I will believe him no matter the time and the situation, no matter what my life thing is saying. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Settled it in your heart, settled it in your mind, settled it in your action. At that point, you lock into that settlement, you become like a fool before every other person. Because you wait, you are waiting on God to bring his word to fulfillment in your life. You can become a source of reproach because you are not doing it the world's way. You are doing it God's way. You can become, you can become a source of ridicule and mockery because you are not towing the path of men and you are not working with the wisdom of men. You are working with the wisdom of God. And when they say, come, let us seek miracle, we say, no, I have the miracle. Where is the miracle? It's in me. Where is it in you? I am waiting for God. God has said it. I believe it. And that settles it. And so that begins to save you from getting into the place where you never thought you can be. That stands with a form of godliness. Innocent service. Innocent going to somewhere to receive miracles. And before you know, they have tripled and quadrupled your problem. As they lay hands on you, a very blessed head that was just simply waiting on God for manifestation. And so, your trouble starts. When you are waiting on God, you don't have any trouble. You are just waiting for time. And those troubles are the things, even when you call it so, are the things that are going to work together for your good as God put them together and become a source of your standing firm before congregation and God's people and tell them, this is the journey I went through with God and this is who I am right now. But we don't seem to understand that and we think that our blessing is on men. Men with color, men with names and men with garments and men with titles and men with all kinds of looks. It depends on what attracts you. 
Men that are very good and polished talking and we're full of oratory that attract some set of people. Men that look rugged and bushy with their bushy hairs and you know, having dreadlocks in their, in their beards and all the things that attract some people. Men that wear a particular regalia and speak in a particular form or shape that attract some people. It depends on what, 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 what you are attracted to by way of marketing. Then, the very elect begin to subject himself to the dictates of men and cunning craftiness of men that they design after their own lust and after their own gain because they will never teach you that the just shall live by his faith. They will never do that. Otherwise, they lose their business. They will lose their business. They will lose their crowd. They will lose their money. They will lose their, their trade. Their trade is to breed on the ignorance of Christians. And change your ideology. And the Bible says, and they know not. And so they don't understand. And they walk in darkness. Those that seek after miracles are not living in covenant blessing of God. Why? Because they believe that there are places or environment to get God to bless them. Jesus said to that woman, the time will come and now is where the worshippers will no more worship God in Jerusalem, or called Zion, or the true worshipers of God who worship him in spirit and in truth, wherever they might be. And so when you're a worshiper of God, God meets you in any location that you are as one-on-one -on -one person with him. The day Jesus died in the cross, the veil was torn from top to bottom, giving everyone that gets to him access to Jehovah. And all the priests will ever do is to direct you to your God. None becomes ever your God and goes to hear from God and come to give to you. That was an Old Testament stuff. If you know who you are now, you can hear from God even more than I do here. If you open your ear to the Lord to speak to you. And you can hear from God more than the one you are running to. And you put these people to task. What did God say? God didn't say anything. Shut your mouth and go and seek God for yourself. And when you put them to task, you say, God said you are. Or God said something. And God then they will take some information about you and say, yes, indeed. That changes you. That you become... I don't want to use the wrong word. Till they finish milking you and the problem still remains. Meanwhile, you have already born, got, born in, got born again. You're already a child of God. Instead of you to walk by faith, you walk by miracles. You know, my experience as an evangelist has taught me that miracles can happen in an organized atmosphere. Like crusade, for example. We organize crusade. 
and we create the atmosphere of godliness. And in that kind of an environment that the name of the Lord is really being, being called, miracles can really happen. Miracle can also happen in special revival services. But I want to tell you what those things represent for those of you that are Christians. The life of covenant blessing of a child of God is not in those places or locations that are being organized by us as Christians. For a child of God, what you can ideally get in locations is the teaching or teaching of biblical principles for a covenant blessing lifestyle. And even then, it cannot be achieved in one service. It comes from continuous teaching of kingdom living till it becomes your personal lifestyle. So in the kingdom, there is nothing like seeking blessing from a location that is simply sacrilegious. It's a misnomer. It's a twist of Christian faith and fellowship. There is no service that can be so organized to impart blessing upon anyone. The only blessing that can be imparted into anyone is to make you to be born again. The blessing of God is not imparted but received through new birth and then lived by the recipient through faith. For the just shall live by his faith. Now listen to me. You that is here, as long as you're born again, you're a carrier of God's abundant blessing. Nothing can be added, nothing can be removed till it manifests. It is you that should make it manifest for you and for yourself. Now going back to crusades, which we should organize as Christians, and we do organize. Crusades are meant for unbelievers. Crusades are meant for who? It's an opportunity for them to come and give their life to Christ. And God is committed to crusades. And God is so committed to crusades to the extent that miracles happen in crusades. And God designed it in such a way that even the very unbeliever that have never had the name of Christ, that have even never given his life to Christ or has not given his or her name to Christ at that particular point in time can receive the miracle of God. And so you have a crusade ground where beggars are coming to beg for money and their eyes are popping open and their ears are popping open and their legs are getting strong and they're walking. They were never Christians. They have never given their life to Christ. Why? Because God wants to use it to attract them to come into the kingdom. It's not for Christians. It's not how Christians receive their blessings or miracles. It could happen that in that created atmosphere, a Christian can have something to take home with. But that is actually the mercy of God. It's not a lifestyle of a child of God. And what about revival services? Revival services are not for strong Christians. Revival services are for the weak Christians, the backsliding Christians, Christians without knowledge, 
and you organize revival services in churches so that they can appreciate the power of God and do those that are weak in Christian faith we see the miracles of God and we see the power of God and that we tune them to begin to love God and trust God but you don't need revival when you are already revived you need revival when you are not yet revived you are walking in doubts you are walking in unbelief. You are seeking God where he's not supposed to be found. You don't know how to walk in the... You, you stop believing God in reality. Yet you come to church. And so, revival services are organized for people that are weak in faith. And in revival services, there are also opportunities for miracles and things to happen. But that's not a lifestyle of a child of God. Each time the disciples ever organized a kind of miracle services in the Old Testament, in crusades, in demonstration of the power of God, it's for the unbelievers. It's for the unbelievers. It's for the unbelievers. It's for those that have not known Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. We have a way of receiving our blessings from God. We have a way of working out our miracles. We have a way of becoming who God wants us to be. So that we don't begin to walk in utter darkness. In revival services, miracles happen to straighten the weak. To straighten the backsliding Christians. To assure them that God is still in the business of doing things. And doing miracles. Just for them to believe again and start walking by their faith. Revival services are not supposed to replace the lifestyle of faith. It's like a life support. You don't live on life support when your life is already good and sound. You need a life support when you are almost passing out. And they need to put you in life support. Then after all the medication is done and begin to regain consciousness, they will now begin to live the way you ought to live. No matter what your challenge in life might be, there is sufficient grace in God in our salvation to deal with those problems without you having to panic. Or seek for it anywhere. If you know who you are. If you're a believer. You must be a believer indeed. This is where. Our blessed lives come from. We have our spiritual example. On how. We need to live our life. From father Abraham. As far back as father Abraham. And that became an example for us. Even to this time. He had a lifestyle of trusting and depending on God. And God put him through several tests. And he came up strong. And he became a great man. Not at a very young age. And he had all his promises fulfilled. Better is the end of the matter than the beginning thereof. At times, as a human being, at times, as a person, you want things faster than God might want it for you. But if you get it much, much faster than God will want it for you, 
it comes with some challenges and issues. I want to believe that if you want to live long, wait to, till God perfects what he wants to do in your life, then you will now enjoy your life much more at your later time of your life than get it too early and die young. If that's not the plan of God for you, wait on God. Wait on God and don't confuse yourself. Romans chapter 4, talking about Father Abraham, has been narrated in the New Testament. Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. I will read. And being not weak in faith. You see, the just living by faith is both the Old and the New Testament scripture. So we read in Habakkuk, Romans, we read in Colossians, Galatians, and we read in Hebrews. Now we're taking the life of Abraham from Romans. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. But was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. He looks simple, but this is tough. If you know the story of Abraham, you know this is not simple. Just summarized by saying, I'm being not weak in faith. He considered not his own body, now dead. The body, now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not, even upon the deadness of his body, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was still strong in faith, giving glory to God. The Bible made us understand that in the midst of hopelessness, Abraham still had hope. Because God has spoken. And so he believed it. And that settled it for him. And it became an example of the working of faith. Even for us that believe. This is where the virtue of the covenant blessings come from. If you want to be blessed in God, this is the principle, friends. This is the principle. There is no other. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but strong in faith. He never wobbled, nor ever doubted regard, regarding anything that God has promised him, especially for the father God promised him a son. Even at the impossible times, where it doesn't look possible that the promise will ever manifest, in the life of Abraham, he still did not stagger in his belief that God would do it. He never doubted. Even when he knew that it was no more humanly possible for what God promised him to come to pass, his faith did not wobble. Neither did he nurse any doubt within him. Why? Because he believed that no matter the natural situation, 
God was able to perform what he promised. According to verse 21. No matter the natural situation, God was still able to perform what he promised. So no contrary situation mattered to Abraham because of this unflinching belief that God was able to perform what he promised him. And I want you to listen to me. How much you believe God determines your level of faith in him. And the condition you are still believing God on determines the ruggedness of your faith. To Abraham, time was not an issue. He promised him one year passed, two years passed, three years passed, ten years passed, twenty years passed, nothing happened. Abraham never wobbled, never staggered in his belief. Time was no more an issue. And for us, when we receive promises of God, we give God time to it. To Abraham, I've received from God, I will lock it. Time cannot matter. 24 years down the line, he was not staggering in his belief. And meanwhile, he was still going through a lot of trials of his faith. And he never failed anyone. Time should not be an issue for you when you believe God. And you are waiting on God. Don't panic. Wait for God will prove himself. When God promised, he will fulfill it. God does not forget. Oh, it did not happen after five years. Maybe God has forgotten his promise. No. God remembers much more than you. You are the one that even forgot and began to look for other ways out. But God has promised he doesn't forget. He's waiting for his timing. So Abraham never bothered with time. 25 years thereafter, at 100 years of age, what God said to him came to pass. And that led me to age. Age was not an issue for Abraham. Assuming he was promised when he was 20. And you had 25 years. Then it become like 45 years. That's sweet. But he was promised at 75. And he didn't get it till 100. So age was not anything that disturbed Abraham. Whether his biological situation was favorable to the promise or not. His age was not an issue. God said it, he believed it, and that settled it. And so, his life was getting worse. His possibility of getting the child was getting dimmed. But yet, his faith in God never diminished. That was something extraordinary. You want to be blessed like Father Abraham? That's the mystery. Then you now have contrary situations. Due to the situation of his body, the Bible says his body was not dead. Dead as in dead. Not being able to, to reproduce. And he knew it. Yet, 
that contrary situation did not affect his belief that God will do it. How will God do it? Has he ever seen God did a thing like that through somebody that his body is dead? No, but I don't care. As long as God said it, I will believe him. I will wait on him till he does what he say because he is God. And so Abraham had no reason to keep believing God at that particular point in time. But the Bible said he had an unflinching belief. He had a belief without doubt, without any form of doubt. Even when he was answering the name Abraham, meaning the father of nations, he was still answering the name and all the shame and reproach that was associated with him, he was taking it for himself. I said, I don't believe you, friends. I don't believe you, neighbors. I don't believe you, people. I believed my God. And God was challenged. He simply believed that at all times and in all situations, God has an ability to show up. And so he did not stagger in his faith. Abraham never looked for symptoms. Bible scholars said that even for almost 13 years, God did not speak to Abraham. There was a big gap. So it was, he didn't see any symptom. Oh, my body is now getting better. I can begin to feel that God is working miracle in my life. Now I'm about to get it. No, the situation was getting worse to the last minute where he had the child. There was no symptoms which Christians look for. And so when there are no symptoms as evident that God is going to perform anything, then of course your faith will begin to fail you. If it had happened last year, it would have been better because all the indices were right. But now, everything that looks like it will work has stopped working. So it can't happen again. If God had wanted to do it, he would have done it when there are situations that would have lied to his doing it. No, the more it got worse, his situation, the more he still believed him. Who is God? I don't know about you. In 2 Kings chapter 3. There was something the Bible said. Which should deal with the issue of symptoms. Which Christians are looking for. 2 Kings chapter number 3. I will read 16 and 17. The Bible says, And he said, Thus said the Lord, Make this valley full of dishes. For thus said the Lord, You shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. Continue by saying that this is a light thing. You don't need to look out for any... You just keep believing God because you don't need to see signs. You don't need to see the wind. Neither do you need to see the rain. But just believe that that ditch you have dug is going to be filled with water. Anyhow, anywhere, as God wished and as God willed, that is faith. And the just shall live by faith. Please bear this in mind. As I begin to close, never lose this that I want to drop in your spirit, man. As long as you live, 
and as long as you are in this kingdom, you are the architect of your fortune. You. Your destiny is not in the hands of any man. You are the architect of who you become in life. Your family background, opportunity you had or didn't have has nothing to do with it as a child of God. God himself is constant and is constantly faithful even to his promises, even to fulfill his word. That is a constant there. The variable is you. And once you align with the will of God, you can have what you want to have. You can be who you want to be. You can get all the promises of God upon your life if you walk by faith. You are therefore the one who will determine how you turn out in life, irrespective of your background. You are the one that will determine your destiny. Jesus kept commending the people that received from his ministry. Keep saying, you have faith, you have faith, you have faith, you have faith. You have faith. And somebody will begin to say, ah, he didn't want to give glory to himself that I have made you whole. Which of course is what people of these days does. That claim to represent Jesus. <laughs> Don't you know I made him you? But Jesus said, I didn't make anybody their faith. Their faith in me and my father has made them whole. And you are going to people that will say to you, if not because I prayed for you, you would have been. And you are taking it. Because you know not. Neither do you understand. And so, you walk in darkness. And all the foundations of the world is out of course. God has said that you are God. God has said that you are blessed. As long as you are a child of God, you are blessed. And the carrier of the blessing of God. Wait for him to manifest it. Jesus was not joking when he said your faith, your faith has made you whole. The practice of your faith has made it possible for you to receive the miracle. Because there are other persons that are there, they never received. But you single yourself out to receive by faith. His glory in your life comes from the victory of your faith. It's partnership with God. If you want the Lord to be glorified in this world through you, be ready to walk by faith. Faith people are not lazy people. Faith doesn't mean fold your hands. Keep doing what you are doing even when you are failing. Keep doing it and keep trusting God. Because after a time, what, where you fail before you begin to succeed because God's hand is in it. Those that walk by faith don't stop halfway. They put their hands on the plow and they continue till they get to where they are going to. That's why the Bible says even the righteous do fall seven times. But there's always a rising up. There's a provision for rising up in this kingdom. If you don't understand that, you will never walk with the kingdom reality. The people of faith are not opportunists. Where you are, what you are doing can make you the best in life if God's hand is upon it. If you do trust God. The people of faith are not defensive people. They are offensive people. Caleb said, let us go but once to go and fight those enemies for the Lord has promised of the land in Canaan. They are not waiting for the land to be handed over to them. They are going to fight to get what belongs to them. 
You are not supposed to live a life of defensive. Go to the midst of the enemies and wolves and take what belongs to you. For you will not die. The people of faith are not slothful people. Looking for somebody to raise them up. They look up to God to make men come. When your eyes be single, your whole body will be full of light. People of faith are forward looking. It doesn't matter what is happening now. I know my future is great. That is how they think. They don't whine about their present situation. They don't whine. Uh, if you see me now, they don't whine. They are looking up to the future. They are not looking for anybody to blame. They say, if I succeed, I succeed. The people of faith are always hopeful. It will get better. The next day will be better than today. My tomorrow will be better than this day. This year is surely going to be better than last year. They are always full of hope. No matter the amount of disappointment last year, this year God is going to make a difference in my life. That is the way they think. That is the way a faith person thinks. That's the principle of faith. Faith people never gives up. You want to climb, they push you down, you climb again, they push you down, you climb again, you push. Till the person that is pushing you down gets tired. Just like Isaac and the covering of well in the book of Genesis. Till the people that were covering his well got tired, not him digging the well. People of faith never gives up. A popular saying when we were young said, once or more, though you will fail, try, try, try again. Very few people know it. Once or more, though you might fail, try, try. Faith people never ever lost disappointment. Because disappointment is a stepping stone to an appointment. Faith people don't trust in men. They trust in God. Faith people are the real Christians. Because Christian simply means living like Christ. Christ was a man that lived by what he knew. That God has said concerning him. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. And despised the shame. And despised the shame. And now he's seated at the right side of his father. And despised the shame is one thing that makes Christians to fall out of faith. What people are saying, so you want it fast. Let the shame come. The shame is the part of the testimony of the glory when it comes. You are busy looking at what people are saying around you. Who cares? When you know where you are going and what God has said about you, who cares about the shame? Don't tell me about the shame. If you do, I will tell you about my future. That will take care of the shame of today. Abraham took shame by answering the father of many nations for 25 years without the promised son. Shame. What is shame? How does it look like? How does it look like? You take shame because you are walking in your mind and power. 
And so when things are not working the way you should walk, then you take the shame. But when you know you are walking in the light of the word of God and things are happening the way it's not supposed to happen, leave it to God. Because God will walk that shame for a great testimony and that shame will become a part of the story that you will tell, that will bring people kneeling down before God. And they say, did it happen? They say, yes, it happened. The Bible said Jesus despised the shame. Be a faith person today and enjoy the fullness of the blessing of God. Stop running helter-skelter. Stop worrying about your tomorrow. Stop believing in your situations of today. Just believe in God that he makes all things beautiful in his time. I don't know what you are facing now and it looks like time is passing. It looks like God is not answering you. It looks like things are not working the way it should be. Don't worry. I'm assuring you in the name of Jesus that that situation is about to terminate. Yeah. I said that situation is about to terminate. Yeah. The Lord is about to turn your lot around. Yeah. And that problem is about to fizzle out. Yeah. And it becomes another storyline. Once there was darkness and now there is light. Once there was sorrow and now there is joy. Once there was pain and now there is rejoicing. Once there was issues of life and now there is celebration of a new life. No situation ever lasts forever. As a child of God, please don't look up to anything or anybody for anything. Look up to God constantly as you wake up God. I am going out with you today. You're coming back disappointed in certain things. God, I can't feel disappointed because I went out with you and I'm coming back with you. Tomorrow is yet another day. Oh. If God said it, you better believe it. And that should settle it. I'd like you to stand to your feet, everybody. If God said it, you better believe it. And that should settle it. If God said it, you better believe it. And that should settle it. Are you looking for a child? Are you looking for a husband or a wife? Do you want to be healed of your sickness or infirmity? Do you want to be promoted in your office? Do you want to succeed in your own business? Do you want to come out of the challenge you are going through? There is only one solution. J-E-S-U-S. There is only one solution. J-E-S-U-S. Nothing added. Nothing supporting. As long as your eyes upon him. He will make a way when there is no way. Making the crooked ways to be strength. Giving you water in the desert. Make the impossible to be possible. I prophesy to you today that your challenge must give way now. I say your challenge is giving way now. Your challenge is caving in now. In the name of Jesus. I want to read the scripture that we close with. Hebrews chapter 11 verse number 11. Talking about the wife of that man called Abraham. Hebrews 11, 11. True faith also. Sarah herself received strength. Do you know that faith can give strength? The body that was dead. How did a 90 year old woman push not CS to have a child? Faith can make the impossible possible. True faith also. Sarah herself received strength 
to conceive seed when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. The faith was because he judged God faithful. If God promised it, he will give me the strength. He will give me the ability. My age doesn't look like it. My connection doesn't look like it. Situation around me doesn't look like it. But if God promised it, he will make things to work for it to happen in my life. He will give me strength to conceive the seed and bring forth the seed as fruit. I prophesied to somebody here. I said, let every impossibility in your life give way today. May your life receive strength today. Even to do the impossible. Let your body receive strength today. To conceive and deliver your Isaac. In the name of Jesus. From today. By your faith. You shall begin to subdue kingdoms. By your faith. You shall begin to rot righteousness. By your faith. You shall begin to obtain promises. By your faith. You shall begin to stop the mouth of lions. By your faith. You shall begin to quench the violent fires. By your faith. You shall begin to. Exert the edge of the sword. Of the enemy. By your faith. You shall begin to obtain good reports. By your faith. You shall begin to inherit and receive all your promises. In Jesus name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Begin to walk in faith today and put the enemy to shame. The enemy does not have the final say. Your God has the final say. God wants to walk in partnership with you. Keep believing him. Never you trust on man. Never you trust on the works of man. Trust in God. For when a man's way is pleasing to God, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. I prophesy greatness. Your later day shall be greater than your former. Your greater day shall be later than your former. Your later day shall be greater than your former. Now God will begin to exalt you above what you had imagined before. The blessing of God will come your way that will take you to God's expected end. In the name of Jesus. And let the Lord arise. And let all your enemies, the enemies of your progress, the enemies of your destiny, the enemy of your well-being, let them all scatter. Let them all scatter. Let them all scatter. As you receive the grace to walk in faith, let your enemy's word be nothing. In the name of Jesus, put your hands together for the Lord and begin to appreciate him. For he has done it for you. And there is nothing the enemy can do about it. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on The Lighted Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow The Lighted Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.